Welcome to the Define You Radio Podcast, where class is always in session. Get ready for the life lessons, tips, and stories to help you define your life. And now your host, the drill sergeant with love, Valencia Griffin Wallace. And yes, my hair has changed. Um, I'm your host, Valencia Griffin Wallace. And I hope you guys tuned in and enjoyed the show last night. But you guys know how I roll. When you get here, go ahead and say, hey, boo, like, love, share the video last night. And y'all know I'm reading my notes. Okay, that's why it's called classes in session. Okay, don't judge me. Last night, we talked about the move experience and the weight women carry. And yes, men, we saw you guys' comments. We know you guys carry weight as well. But last night was about the women. Well, if you are a man or a woman in business, that's a whole other weight, okay? Especially in this online space, you know, back when I was in my 20s, I was just glad to have a phone that charged and was small enough to fit in my purse. But today it's a different story. So if you're in the online space, this is definitely the session for you. Yes, it is the Find You Radio Business Edition. Yay. So that means it's going to be like a kind of not serious show because y'all know how I flow, but it is going to be lively and businessy. Okay. So also make sure you support the sponsors, the move retreat. That's bit.ly slash move retreat 2019 and swag her magazine at swag her net. Like I said, like love and share the video. Say, hey, boo, when you get here. So with that being said, classes in session today with our guest, online marketing growth strategist, which I love that word, Miss Danielle Clem. I hope I said that correctly. You did. <laughs> A little bit about today's guest. She started her business after losing her mom and her stepmom before she graduated high school. This made her focus on helping women to discover the how-to of turning their dreams into reality. So let's go ahead and welcome Danielle to the show. Yay! Thank you. I'm happy to be here. (laughs) (laughs) I need clapping music, definitely. Um, So Danielle, fill in the blanks to what I didn't say as far as your, your bio is concerned. Yeah. So you got the two biggest points. Those definitely were the two turning points in my life. When my biological mom was diagnosed with cancer, that was when I was around age four. She passed when I was nine. And then when my stepmom got diagnosed with AML leukemia, she passed away three months after. So those really shook my world into really realizing that time is is limited, you know, and if you're not able to really step up and do the work and be able to really pursue your dreams and make a profit from that, then what else is there? Because you're just going to live your life kind of settled. And at an early age, I started to realize that. So I went through college and not my favorite thing in the world, not going to mm. lie. You know, I got a business degree, got a bachelor's degree, did the normal quote unquote thing. And I just couldn't imagine being in fluorescent light cubicle for 40 years of my life it didn't fit me I'm not saying that doesn't work for everyone else but it's something that I just knew about myself and went forward with web website design for a couple years and realized that a lot of my clients who came to me they'd want a website but they wouldn't have a marketing plan in action they wouldn't have a way to like okay your website's an online billboard basically but how are you going to get people there and how are you going to get them from there to become your clients so now as of Two years after that, I really shifted to helping out my clients and even my audience to really learn how to convert more people, especially convert your followers to leads and your leads to clients. That's kind of like my main thing now. I I love that. Um, hey, Queen LaVon, I see you and Kings and Queens. Don't forget to say, hey, boo, when you get here. And just so you guys are reminded, we have Miss Danielle Clem on on the line. Look at me on the line. I'm so used to just the audio version. Y'all see us. Y'all see us today. Okay. So I kind of want to rewind a little bit. Do you think losing both of your your mom and stepmom in that window was like that push that you 
needed? And how do you think things would have turned out if you would not have lost them? Do you think you'd still have your own business? Yeah, it's a great question. And it's something that it's one of those things where there's two sides. One where you, we can always like play the what if card too. It's like, what mm-hmm. if that didn't happen? How would it go? But I can say for a shadow of a doubt, my all of my life, I've always been someone who's wanted to help people and create something new. I didn't know ever, you know, I didn't know what it was exactly, but I just knew those two things. So I think in some way or form, it would have happened. Maybe not in the same way, because having those two losses so young, motivated and lit a fire under me that most people don't get when you're 17 or even like Mm -hmm. 17 or 18. So I think that it helped fast track me, but I think I would have gotten here no matter what, maybe in a different pathway, but there is no way I could be which is what was going to happen. I was going to be an HR person at a corporate life. And that's just not who I am. Interesting. Yeah, I think we all played that what if game. Mm-hmm. Um, like how much easier would my life be if I just worked a nine to five versus wanting to be my own boss and tackle this new world, so to speak. So why marketing? Yeah, this is a great question. This is something that it took me a little bit to kind of unearth because I've always been someone who's, I like results. I like the action Mm -hmm. part of things. I like creative here and there, but I'm definitely someone who loves to see numbers. I love to get my, see my clients wins, be able to see them get two sales. Like that's my favorite thing in the world. So to help them do that is something I really pride myself on. And marketing came for me. I learned some of it in school, but to be honest, didn't teach me that much. Mm. It really came from experience and learning what do people need right now? And a lot of people need help with right now when it comes to messaging, like positioning themselves as an expert that people want to pay and also being found. Those are two biggest things I noticed so many people have a hard time with, especially since there's so many platforms nowadays, you know, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Snapchat, you name it. There's so many and it can be almost overwhelming to get started. And that's one of my favorite things to help my clients with is really to come at it and take out that overwhelm because it's there. It's very hard, especially as an entrepreneur, not to look at shiny things and want to get every single thing. I I love that. I love that. What is the difference between marketing and branding? Mm, Yeah, marketing and branding, because I used to be a website designer. So I did actual like physical branding for a while as Mm -hmm. well. Branding can be two parts. I think branding can be the materials, you know, logo, brand, and so forth. And there's personal brand. And personal brand, I think, is something that you can't replicate. Like for you, there's no way I could ever replicate your personality, how you show up in the world, like how you are. And to me, that's what a personal brand is. Although you can try and copy and paste some people's mannerisms or their, you know, the way Mm -hmm. they speak that's personal branding. People come out for you because you're you. They don't come out to you just because you have a nice logo. Mm. I love that. (laughs) So I can't be duplicated. Exactly. That's what personal branding is all about. And then for marketing, it's kind of taking your personal brand, identifying what those things are that really makes you stand out and to just 10x that. So people can actually see that the ones who are supposed to see you, like your ideal clients, the one who want to pay you, to be found by them, to help nurture them, to get to know you, develop a connection. And then you can go in for the sell and be able to have them as a client. Which comes into play that no like and trust factor. Huge. Um, I think that started to make sense as I started building, so to speak. So I want to get your advice on something before I just start bombarding you with questions (laughs) and kings and queens that's watching if you guys have any questions in regards to our interview marketing um just go ahead and drop them in the comments you can also follow queen levon copeland who is hosting a watch party uh hashtag define you in the building um okay so with all the platforms out there what is your recommendation as far as how many because there's one train of thought you need to be everywhere and then there's another train of thought you need to just focus on one place Mm -hmm. but there's a shift between facebook and instagram going on yeah so what are your thoughts on that that's a great question it's one that i get very often because everyone asks you know where should i be what do my where can my ideal clients find me and i think 
so there's two parts to that. The first part is going to be really identifying who your ideal client is, who like who are your people. And for a lot of people, that might be Instagram. For example, I've had clients who are photographers and for them, they're they have very visual content. So Instagram and Pinterest are really great for them. Facebook, not so much. I've had a grant writer who she wants to help people who are in nonprofits to help write grants. They can get funding. They're not going to be looking for jobs on Instagram. They're going to be on LinkedIn. So it first really depends on your ideal client. And then from there, this is something that I'm really trying to get into talking about more is there's two, there's two sides. There is a medium versus a platform. A medium is video, audio, written content. A platform is what you use to distribute it. And what Mm. happens too often is people get so focused on the platform without actually having their chosen medium and how they want to show up and then figure out the distribution. Because what will happen is people want to master Instagram, which amazing. I love Instagram. But if you don't have the medium, the content, like the actual goal and strategy you want to go into Instagram, it's not going to matter where you're at because you're just going to be wailing around. Mm. I love, I love that. So let me ask you this mm-hmm. from a, from the author Valencia Griffin Wallace, mm-hmm. what platform? Okay. Mind you, I'm everywhere, which I'm, I don't know if I should just disappear from a lot mm-hmm. of places make a slow exit or just act like I get kidnapped because I, I have a lot of connections on LinkedIn, but LinkedIn is not my friend. Mm-hmm. I think I just got on there because somebody told me you need a LinkedIn profile, but I don't really kind of like it. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. When it comes to like the author, cause you're a personal brand, it's somewhat expected to kind of be a lot of places because you are trying to be this omnipresence, like be everywhere. I would say that you can still like choose your main three hubs. Now for you, that's going to be a little bit different just depending on what you're wanting to build. I think Mm -hmm. for you, Instagram, for most people, you really can't go wrong with Instagram unless you're just, you know, a nun or someone like just not in this space, maybe not Instagram for you. But I think that's one of the biggest places because the community there is really growing And they're really trying to optimize connections. So for me, I think Instagram is fantastic for you. Facebook, I think, is good to have a page. I can go three hours long in my actual opinions about Facebook and how Facebook business pages are just online billboards as well without paying for them. But I find that it helps to be everywhere, but you don't have to physically be everywhere. So what I mean by that is let's say you hang out the most on Instagram and maybe a little bit in your Facebook community. You can still have content, especially if you have like a virtual assistant or someone like that. They can distribute content for you on Facebook, on Instagram, on YouTube, but you don't have to actually be there. I think for you, the biggest part is really managing your time and balancing your time well, like, you know, being able to be there without having to physically be there. So I think Instagram, amazing place to be. Your Facebook community, amazing place to be. And Honestly, I would say for you, probably YouTube. It's a long game. It's like podcasting. Mm. It's a long game type of strategy, but it's evergreen. It's not going anywhere. And that's something that a lot of people are slow to get into because they're like, I don't want to put on another thing. Oh my gosh. But I really believe no matter like if Facebook shuts down, if Instagram shuts down, YouTube videos are searchable. And Mm. Facebook and Instagram lives, like the ones we do inside of our group, although people who are in our group can find it, you can't find them on Google. You can Mm. find YouTube videos on Google. So that's why when I talk about like mediums versus platforms, it's really important you have like a content hub, whether it be YouTube, podcasting, both like play with them and then platforms to distribute your content and to like hang out at. So choose one of those or even like use podcasting with some of your videos on YouTube just to see how that works for you. And then distribute that media and distribute those content onto Instagram and Facebook. And then if you want to go somewhere else like Pinterest, go for it. But I don't want to overwhelm you either. I'm actually on Pinterest. Okay, cool. (laughs) I'm everywhere. Oh, my gosh. I mean, but my social, what you call like my social resume, my social Mm. proof is like really good. But um, and I've thought about YouTube as far as. because when I stream live, I could either stream live to 
YouTube, I think, or Facebook. I'm not mm-hmm. sure, but I went through this thing like, oh my gosh, I don't know. I don't have time to edit. Like mm-hmm. why? But that makes sense what you really said about it being searchable. Yeah, that's something that's really, really big right now that what happens very often, which I've noticed is that people who are in this space, they tell people to go really big on Instagram and Facebook, which I believe. But the way that I've seen it, I think it was a month or two ago, Facebook and Instagram shut down for a day. Mm -hmm. And everyone was losing their minds. And it Mm -hmm. helps you to see that those aren't evergreen, not saying that YouTube is going to be around forever, but there's a higher chance of it. And being Mm -hmm. that it's actually searchable, I like to take my chances and put my best value, my highest like quality content on there because it'll never go away. And Instagram lives, we already know they leave after 24 hours and Facebook Mm -hmm. lives are good, but they're just, again, they're not searchable. You can always try and reuse those lives into YouTube, like play with the format and stuff. But you just, I believe you really have to have one content hub that's evergreen. And that's really important to build your brand because it'll always be there for you. Mm. I love that. Yeah, when when it went dark, mm-hmm. when the world went dark, yeah. I went to Twitter for the first time forever. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what is this? You know? Yes, yes. I mean, I'm like, I don't get Twitter, kind of like LinkedIn. Like, I don't get it. Um, Pinterest is very helpful. I love Pinterest, mainly for home projects. Mm. or whatever but you know I do post some content there as well but I love what you just said because I never thought about it that way until the crash of 2019 so what are the some of the biggest reasons why somebody's marketing doesn't work yeah so the first thing that I would say with that is you have to define what is their end goal because for some people it's going to be sales for others it really might be getting more leads, getting more like followers or getting more email subscribers or getting more website traffic. Like obviously it all later goes into sales, but it's really like, do you immediately need money in your account right now? Or do you want to slowly build up your audience, slowly build up your growth and then get a huge return like in a month or two once you nurture them better? So I think what happens is, and again, I talked about this earlier, is a short term versus the long game, like short game, long game. Short game is going to be quick sales, things that can really just help infuse some cash versus long form will help you build your audience and have a return later on. Like podcasting, you already know. You put content Mm. out there. It's not going to probably turn a profit amazingly, but you're going to get opportunities slowly as it builds. So the first mistake I think a lot of people make is they give up. Like they give Mm. up too much. And that's, I mean, that's for any entrepreneur at all, I think, is like giving up is just the biggest mistake you can make because what, what do you do from there? But I'd say second from that is not identifying what is your goal for this month or next month? Like, where do you, what would make you the happiest in the world to see? Would it be two new sales? Would it be a thousand new followers? Would it be Mm. 10,000 new traffic? Like you really actually do need to identify that because that's how everything else is going to be created. Like that's how you're going to create your content. Where are you going to spend your time at? So I think people don't go in with an actual strategy mind or like an intention. And then they just start, again, they flail around everywhere and they're wondering why nothing's working. It's because they didn't really set out what they actually want to do or what they, what they would love to happen. I love I love that. And that's a good point because you can mm-hmm. get frustrated and give up. Yeah. Um, especially, you know, dealing with online and you know, if you're looking for let's say somebody's end game is, you know, up in their followers and they mm-hmm. think it's gonna happen with one post and a good 30 hashtags. Because mm-hmm. you know, we're all okay, the latest Instagram hack and everything else. And you could be like, I don't have time for Instagram and move on. I know mm-hmm. I've been there as I slowly build um, the defined use page on Instagram. I'm like, I don't remember it taking this long building my main page. That's that's exactly right. Is that when it comes to this space, I think what can happen, like you said, is people expect instant results. Like we've become, not to get like super 
um, analytical, but our society has really gotten into instant gratification. Like we want things now, we have drive-throughs, we have um, Postmates, we have all these amazing things and we expect the same for success. And Mm. when we do that, we're actually setting ourselves up for failure because there's this amazing quote that I heard that was, especially around sales, it's like, if you were to hear a hundred no's to get to one yes, would you continue? And if you say no, then it's probably not going to be right for you because you have to allow yourself to know there might be different failures. There might be flop launches. I think we've all been through different like pathways or different problems in our lives that when we don't accept that and realize that it's going to be a little bit of a journey, that's when we get caught up in the overthinking and the comparison and the, oh, this is going to take too much time. I should just let go of it. That was going to be my next question. When um, when I asked, I think about obstacles. Mm-hmm. Um, you said overthinking and analysis paralysis. Mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit about your overthinking, which I kind of think. Look at me overthinking the question. <laughs> it's like a it's a woman yeah. thing, or at least women admit to it. Men mm-hmm. probably overthink, but I don't think they admit to it as much. But let's talk a little bit about the the overthinking and the analysis paralysis. I want you to touch on those two things. Yeah. So I think that's probably to get like really deep for a second. I think overthinking and analysis paralysis all boils down to self-worth. You don't really like have the full trust in yourself or trust in the process to keep continuing. It's something that I learned recently because what we like, I've been an overthinker, I'll raise my hand, I'm definitely one of them. But what happens is, it's because we're overthinking, because we don't trust what decision is going to be right for us. We don't trust what's going to actually be good for us. So we're going to continue to thinking, hoping that something will change, maybe our, you know, our problems will change, maybe something will happen in our lives. Mm -hmm. So overthinking really stems from that part of trusting, like, do you actually trust that you're making the right choice? Or whoever is helping you with this? Do you trust them? Because if you are fully certain in that, if you're certain, like my success is inevitable, it's going to happen one shape, one way, then you won't feel so much anxiety, so much overthinking about that. Mm. And, and it comes to analysis paralysis. I think part of that too, comes down to comparison. Like you, you compare yourselves to others. It's a huge one for entrepreneurs, especially on the online space. It's hard not to with looking at 50,000 followers, hundred thousand followers, or, seven uh, figure earners, like it's, it's everywhere. But yeah. what really can happen is, again, we're, we're worried that we're going to take the wrong step. We're really worried about failure. That is what really analysis paralysis comes down to. We're fear of failing. So we're going to try and get every new shiny thing, every new course, every new thing. Literally, I took maybe 20 courses in my first year. Mm-hmm. It was absolutely bonkers. And I think one or two of those actually have put into place because What happens with analysis paralysis is we start grabbing everything and then we come to a halt thinking, oh, dear God, how do I go about this? And we hope we have our fingers crossed, hoping something will change when reality we actually have to change. Mm. I love that because I know a lot of the kings and queens on um, and hey, Nakuisha, I see you. She put wow. Um, But I know a lot of the people that's on can relate to that because you see a new course and you think, okay, this is the one, this is the one that's going to make a difference. Mm-hmm. And you know, you spent, you could have bought a house or at least a A to B car, as I call it, or whatever for what you spent in courses. And you really, the problem isn't the course, it's the fact that you're overwhelmed mm-hmm. and haven't put anything to play. Exactly. Interesting. I'm taking notes. Y'all know classes mm-hmm. in, in session. And if you have questions, you could just go ahead and drop them in. Make sure you like, love, and share the video as well. Okay, so how do you attract your ideal client online? Yeah. So there is I feel like I could do five different trainings on like the different angles of how you could actually do it. But I'm just going to distill them down real quickly to what can actually change for you. So the real big thing you have to know about attracting your ideal client is knowing in and out what is the problem you solve for them 
And can mm-hmm. you articulate it in under two sentences? Probably even one because of how Instagram and Facebook are. You have to have like one line in your bio, basically. Mm-hmm. And that's the first thing. The first thing people come to find you, like let's say they go on to define you's uh, profile. If you're able to put podcast to maybe your ideal clients, hairdressers, I know they're not, but we're going to go with it. Podcast to hairdressers who want to 2X their sales, that's going to get them already interested and know that you're the person to help them. So first thing is always like really looking at your profile and seeing like everywhere, like your Facebook, Instagram, because you can always just copy and paste when you have the right one. Right. But really checking, are you speaking to the exact person you want to at their exact problem they need help with and the exact result that they want? Because if you can get all those three and put them into like one or two sentences, people will instantly say, you are the right person for me. I need to learn from you. I will show money because of you. You know exactly what I'm going through. So that's the biggest thing is that I would say before anything else, before like going into tactics or like little hacks, really understanding that part. And knowing what is the exact problem they're going through, what are the feelings they have around this problem, the thoughts they're having, the like crappy situations they're in. Like those are things you really have to dial in and put in your content. But even before that, they're going to check out your profile. And that's where your bio really is important for that. I have questions. Did you? (laughs) Okay. This is where it might get. uh, (laughs) Did you check my my Instagram? I checked to find news. I haven't checked your one, like, not from like a marketing eye, if that makes sense. Okay. Because I wanted the marketing eye, like, gotcha. okay, okay, Valencia, I'm not even sure. But I wanted you to be nice. <laughs> but, I, but I feel like I'm nice. <laughs> okay, give me one second. Let me okay. find you right here because I want to give people, like, firsthand, like, be able to see it already because yeah. I think that's amazing to see. Okay, Valencia. And the live stuff right now. Yeah, it's one of my favorite things to do. Okay, let's see. So when it comes to your profile, I'm going to just talk as I go. So get ready. So the first thing is unapologetic wife, mom, and entrepreneur. Um, Is that a part of your brand, the unapologetic? Like, is that something people know you for? Yeah. Okay. So award-winning bestseller. Well, let me, let me re- rephrase my statement because when I first unapologetic and bold, um, look, Nakuisha put the queen's queen because that's what they call me asking oh. for niceness. <laughs> she's being petty in the comments. Um, but when I initially started maybe like unapologetic because that's who I am. That's why I speak about a lot and bold are like my key like that key those key things okay mm-hmm. but I'm listening go ahead y'all take notes because y'all know I don't ask for being analyzed but go ahead <laughs> okay so what I see here so I see award-winning slash best-selling offer so I'm gonna look at this as a way of like if I'm someone who hasn't looked at your profile before so the first thing I would say is what is your book because you can't expect people who find you on Instagram to actually know what your book is So what I would have you do is say, I'd actually probably take out the, this is going to sound mean, but this is just from like marketing perspective. Mm -hmm. I'd probably take out the wife and mom because they're going to find that in your content. They're going to know, they're going to see your kids. I promise. Like they're going to know you're a mom. You're going to talk about them all the time, but because your profile is prime real estate for them to know if you're the right person that they want to buy from or like hire, I'd rather them learn about your kids and your content than up there if that makes sense because we only have so many characters in our profile so that'd be the first thing so you can have more um so you can have more i guess of your space of your profile second thing would be award-winning best-selling author i love that title i would say just include your book like actually include the book name and then what is one benefit that the book helps your readers with this is guys if you can listen to this like you need to listen to right now take notes for this because this is probably like one of the biggest things people forget when it comes to marketing when it comes to selling something you have to care more about the the benefits versus the features and i'll I'll Mm. explain this for a second benefits are going to be how this changes their life features are just things they get so like benefits let's say i love going with health coaches because they're the easiest to like really see health coaches, a benefit you get with them is 
let's say losing weight, but how does losing weight change their client's life? They're able to fit in pants for the first time ever. They're able to go and wear a bikini and love their life versus features are they get three one-on-one calls. They get access to foods. Like no one actually cares about that. Like they're happy that they do that, but they want the bikini pictures. They want the like loving their body. And a lot Mm -hmm. of people forget that when they're trying to sell benefits matter more for features because women, especially buy off of emotion, but rationalize the purchase with logic. So benefits are all emotions usually. So they're all like how your life can change. So looking back at your profile. Um, now question real quick. Because yeah. I have more than one book. I have like, mm. I mean, last year alone, I published three. Gotcha. Okay. So I would say either, this would be like one or the other. It depends on what you're trying to promote. Either mm. your best selling one, like the one that's done the best for you, like the has the best reviews or the one that you're trying to promote the most. Like it just depends on kind of what you're wanting to um sell more of or talk more about uh, those would be like my two options for you it's up to you which one you want to choose um and then include the name and then that one benefit that will like change their life with the books like after they read the book how will their life change will they be more empowered to ask for a job promotion maybe get a raise maybe be able to make more money like whatever like is those one or two big benefits which you can ask your audience who've actually read the past books and mm. put those in it's really amazing when you do that so mm. after that i would say instead of just putting a host and founder i'd probably just put host and then at define you just again we're trying to have characters be for like really important words so host at define you And then last part, which is really important, is it says connect with me. And it says connect with like a little arrow. So when you put that, again, I'm going off of someone who's never seen your profile before, like doesn't know you. People aren't enticed to just go straight to a contact form. Instead, Mm. they need to be like massaged. They need to be like, ooh, this sounds really good that I want to get in. So for you, I would say, let's go say your biggest thing you're trying to promote right now is a new book. Maybe it's like, are you ready to get that promotion? Go like, and then put the arrow sign and then have your link tree there. Because again, putting benefits is great because you already have all your links in your link tree. So I'd right. say, what is the like number one you're trying to promote or go through right now? And like trying to build, create that benefit mm-hmm. and put it like, are you wanting to learn from experts link and then put like an arrow below and go to the podcast again it just depends on what you're trying to promote but that would be like the three big things for your profile that i'd probably have you try and uh, shift what okay so if i'm promoting an event mm-hmm. um <laughs> would i change my whole bio there so you take know, out all what i am and just focus the uh benefits of the event and so on and so forth that way honestly for like for events and stuff because your books are going to always be around your events are just going to be like seasonal i just changed like that last line like the um the contact me change that for the benefit of your event and then have the event be the first link in your link tree so people like go to it automatically there's like whole psychology behind it but just have the one that you want them to go to the most the first one so you don't have to change your whole entire like best-selling author or host a podcast because we want people to still be there. So for you, just change like the last line of where you want them to go next because that's what social media should be all about. People forget. It's like a part of your funnel. It's a part of the journey you're trying to take them to, you know, from follower to like loyal fan to then, okay, I've seen you forever. I love you. I want to pay for you. So your profile is just massaging them into the next step you want them to go for. Mm-hmm. Instead of trying to push, we yeah. want to massage them. Exactly. Okay, so looking at, and thank you so much. That yeah, was no problem. Really helpful. I hope everybody's taking notes. <laughs> Everybody that's connected with me, I'm going to go see if y'all change y'all um, Instagram around after this. Um, with the building the Define Use Instagram page, mm-hmm. because that's strictly, you know, for the podcast. Was that clear when you when you looked at it? Like the account itself? The um you know how you just read read my rights. Oh, online. the profile. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. The bio. 
I think the like the bio itself for the podcast is great. I would just okay. one again, one big thing I'd have you do is just make sure to add in one benefit that they get by listening to the podcast. So like everything else is great. I love that you say live interviews when it is podcasts and so forth. So I just have you talk about like what's the benefit of them tuning in? Like what's gonna change in their life if they listen to it? So that'd be the biggest thing. So I think for the most part. You talk about it, you talk about it, it's podcasts and it's easier, I think, to get that across versus when you're a personal brand, you have so many moving pieces. So that's mm-hmm. why I think just adding in the benefit would be really helpful. I love that. So my next question, when when we attract clients, mm-hmm. we want to make sure we attract clients that have, as I like to say, ducats mm-hmm. or money. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. So what? How? What can we do about clients that can't pay? Yeah. So it first depends on like your offer. So mm-hmm. there's for a lot of people they have different offers. Like some that are low, like under fifty dollars, middle, which is like I'd say like two hundred to five hundred, and then like high, which is usually like a thousand over, or like depends on where you're at. Depends on like what your model is. But what happens is each level actually has different objections. And what can happen is like two of the biggest reasons why people don't buy, like let's say they don't have, some people say they they don't have the money actually, or they're just not wanting to shell money. So those are two different things. But I'd say the two biggest reasons why people don't buy, especially if you're like a service-based entrepreneur, like you're selling a service or selling something, is they don't believe that they can actually do it. Like whatever you're promising, they're like, I don't know if I can actually create that in my life. And also they don't know if it's the right thing for them because like there's so much noise out there nowadays that when it comes to like taking your money out, you want to know exactly if this thing, like whatever it is, if it is the right, like the best thing for you to do, like the next thing, especially for fellow overthinkers and like analysis paralysis, like we spent so much money and so much time. We just want the things that are right for us. So when it comes to that, you really have to identify what are the reasons on why they're not giving you their money? Like you can actually ask the ones who are like loyal in your audience, like actually ask them like, Hey, what did you not like about this offer? Like what, what could have done better? What would you want in the next one? And you can try and add that in for like maybe the next launch. But really the biggest thing that like deters people is not knowing that it's the exact right thing for them right now. And if they can actually do it, like whatever you're promising or whatever is like in the, whatever you're selling, they don't believe they can actually hit it. It's why a lot of, again, health coaches have a hard time closing clients because either the clients they have don't fit the like, what's it called? They don't fit the profile of the current ideal client. So what I mean by this is like, I am a tall, blonde, white girl, very apparent. So if I see someone, it's true. So well, when not I, the tall part, because you're sitting down, but the rest true. of it. <laughs> so if I were to go to a health coach and I saw on her testimonials that there's another tall, blonde, white girl who was able to lose weight and overcome mm-hmm. like whatever problems I have, that's showing me that, oh, wait, I think I can do it too with the help of her. It's really creating those type of touch points to help them realize like they can do this, like they, it is right for them. You can definitely help me. And that's why I talked about earlier in the podcast how if you were to put like podcast for hairdressers, they will know you are a hairdresser or like whatever it is. They will know that that's for them and they'll be 10 times more likely to buy than just podcast for entrepreneurs, which again, mm. I, I run into this too because it's hard to like specific, like have a specific occupation that you target. But I think the more specific you can get and talk really about their pain points, that's big. And also to be fr- quite frank, there are going to be some people who are just stingy and like you can't really like deal with that because they're having to go through their own mindset struggles whether they realize it or not mm-hmm. you can again help massage them like help them whatever you can but it's not going to be worth your time or honestly your sanity to have to constantly say oh well what about this option or this payment plan or this because mm-hmm. you're going to drive yourself insane so the way that i like to see it this is again it's a case by case basis but you can always think about a no for the most part, your first no is never a no, it's a not right now. Because for a lot of people, it might just be like, no, I don't know you too well yet. I don't know if it's right for me. Maybe a couple months, come back to it. So that's something that I have them look into is again, it depends. There's so many factors on like why people aren't going to buy or like why people don't buy. But those are some of the big ones. Hmm. I'm taking notes. (laughs) 
that's that's very very interesting um with that because normally and i guess i'm different because i would just say i'm not interested if it's something but i've noticed if it's something i really want somebody who i really want to work with a service i want i will make sacrifices um in other areas to be able to to Mm. buy something and i think a lot of times people people can find money for what they want the at the end of the day yeah because i know with me i will you know so I I love that. Thank you. Okay. So I thought this was interesting. So what mistakes do we make when we post as business men, women? Um, what mistakes do you see people post and you want to scratch your eyes out? <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, there's a lot, but let's go with the first one because I had I created a whole like free workshop on this because I had so many people come to me and they're like, you know, I really want to create content that converts like not only my clients, but connects with my audience. And the first thing, like I literally created a a whole workshop on this is a headline. Like it is the first line on any piece of content that Mm -hmm. makes people say, do I want to read more or do I not want to? Mm -hmm. And so many people forget that because they're so worried about like the value, which again, I love like value and so forth, but people aren't going to click again. You're going on YouTube, let's say. Are you going to click because of, let's say, the thumbnail? Maybe. But are you really going to click more so if it says, let's say, how to make a million dollars in five seconds? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, there's. it's really amazing what headlines can do for you. And it's the single reason why people will open your email, watch your, like click to watch your video, read more of your content, most likely buy a book or even get more interested about it. So the first thing is having a good headline for basically anything you want people to actually watch, read, or whatever, or digest whatever you want. So first thing. Second thing, again, is going to be the value, like whatever is inside of the content or on a video, making sure that it connects with your ideal client, with their problem, with the solution you can help them with, and constantly reminding them of that. Because people need to hear stuff about seven, I'd say honestly now seven to 10 times before they actually remember like, oh, this person actually might be the someone who can help me because the first couple of times you're going to say, Oh, that sounds cool, but like not right now. And then we get one or two really amazing pieces of content from you that really hits home. Even though you've been saying the same thing for five or six freaking times, they're going to finally say yes then. So one of the biggest mistakes that they see happen too, which I used to do as well was I'd move on to a different topic Mm. after I was like, you know, after a week or two, I was like, you know, I talking about funnels for a month, people aren't responding to it. Let me go to something else. And then you become a jack of all crate, a jack of all trades and a master of none. Mm. And especially in the online space, you kind of do need to be known for something. And that's why it's really, really important to know, stick with something, especially around your offer, whatever you're trying to sell. Remember that for a lot of the content we have out there, especially with social media, Mm. people only open like the open rates on your emails are 20 to 30 percent if you're lucky for social media it's 10 to 15 percent if you're lucky so never be worried about repeating yourself because they might not even read it the first time and they might need to see it a couple more times in different Mm. angles to actually get the like get the message across i love that is that what um when you talk about headline is that what you're talking about when you say um creating a one-liner it's similar so like the one liner is what would be in your profile like that's going to be like the like benefits and stuff mm-hmm. the headline is going to be really for any piece of content that you have like a live video a podcast a blog post a social media whatever you're going to have that first line of content that's mm-hmm. that's what a headline is and that's that's interesting that you say that because I look at even Instagram posts now it's like a long, a long uh, yawn. Mm-hmm. People are yeah. getting really long with their uh, Instagram posts. And, you know, if it's somebody like me that have a touch of ADD, I'm like, boom, word one. Like, I'll read five words in different places and be like, okay, peace. I'm gonna like it. Move on. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, but I thought maybe that's what, what Instagram is turning to with all the quote unquote, 
you know, the algorithms and yeah. more people moving on to Instagram. I think they called it what a uh, long, is that long form? Oh, long form. Yeah. So I can touch on this for a second because I think it's really helpful for people. Mm. When you are putting out content, especially like, like you said, some people write basically blog posts in their mm. like content, which I also can be guilty of because I love to give free content. But what really matters more is what does your audience respond to? Because for some people, it is short, like it's short and sweet, like two or three comp or two or three lines and call it a day. Some Mm -hmm. people really want like, they want it all. They want like all the info, all the stats, all that. And the best way to know that is honestly to test, see where your audience for a couple of weeks, change up the format, change up the links, see what they like deal with. And also start to train them, (laughs) like start to train them on what you actually want them to read. Mm. Like something that's great to use. And I'll, I'll see this for some people if they use it correctly. It's like, read this if you want X, Y, or Z. And if you really want them to read a post, you can try and start to add that in and be like, read this if you're wanting to lose 10 pounds. This is not an actual headline, but like to lose 10 pounds before the weekend. Hope you don't do that. But you know, it's like that kind of headline. It makes oh, I people... will read it and probably do it. <laughs> right? So, and that's the thing is that sometimes it's all like marketing in general is always about testing. It's about trying out new strategies that feel right to you, seeing what works for your audience. And if not, then try something new. Cause there's a thousand different tactics, a thousand different strategies, but only one you and only what, like mm-hmm. what makes you happy and what you enjoy. And that's why I'm really, really, really stressing for people in marketing. Don't do all the things, try out three to five at once, see what works and what doesn't mm. let go. And then try maybe one more new thing next month. Like really allow yourself to get more excited and curious about what's going to work for your audience. Not just like, oh no, this didn't work today. It's like, well, let's actually see another week or two and see what happens. Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't, there's a thousand other blog posts that have different other tips we can try later. I love that. I thank you so much, Danielle. And Kings and Queens, thank you so much, everybody that's joining um thanks Nakwisha for posting all the notes in the comments and if you guys have any questions while we have Miss Danielle on go ahead and drop them in the comments and I'll ask her that's if you're on our main page okay if you're somewhere else I won't see them but that's all right we're going to tell you how to connect with Danielle anyway so um okay so I'm just really getting into Instagram okay Mm -hmm. mind you I have a my son's 22. Mm-hmm. So for a while, I wasn't allowed on Instagram because, mm-hmm. you know, the 22 year olds were on there and he didn't want. <laughs> um, I'm just, you know, on, yeah. you know, no, you say on Facebook. And so now uh, I'm on Instagram, of course, and uh, he's on Snapchat and what, whatever else mm-hmm. he's on. So I'm just getting used to the not scrolling. Mm part mm-hmm. like I really Facebook is my first love okay Facebook is my first love because I know how to operate Facebook I know how to maneuver mm-hmm. um Instagram is like that that x okay mm-hmm. but the x that that's maybe the boss of the job you want or something like that mm-hmm. I don't know how else to describe Instagram mm-hmm. so he you know he holds all the all the money mm-hmm. yeah okay I love I got you. I got okay. you. So how how can we use Instagram effectively instead of just the scrolling or posting random whatever? Yeah. What do you recommend? So I'm always gonna go back to this first because so many people forget it, is you have to have a goal in mind. Like you have to have a reason to be on there because that's I was actually the opposite. I would get stuck. I mean, sometimes I get stuck on Instagram, but I get stuck on Facebook a lot more because Facebook's mm-hmm. algorithm smarter where it will actually fun fact it'll wait to have like five minutes before you get a notification so it blares right in your face like oh that new one that they just like put on your screen a new notification actually was five minutes ago but they wanted it in front of your face so that you would click on it and stay on their app longer so mm-hmm. something that I had to deal with because I'm definitely a frequent scroller is on desktop on Facebook for Chrome at least you can use Facebook Newsfeed Eradicator. It's a free Chrome extension. 
and it takes off your newsfeed from your Facebook desktop. So you're not like constantly staring at ever, like other people's stuff, scrolling down video because I have that same problem. But <laughs> it's, it's a problem. I definitely feel you on that. Um, so when it comes to Instagram, you have to make sure you have a goal in mind, like really know when you're on Instagram, what are you there for? Like, are you there to connect? Are you there to create a sale that day? Like, it really depends on what your goal is. Like, what are you wanting to create from being there? And second thing that I would say to really make Instagram work for you is you have to do some outreach, especially if you're mm-hmm. new or trying to build out your audience. People forget this. I'm like, you know, you've, you've grown an audience. You do have to reach out sometimes and develop those relationships. So to make Instagram work for you, you kind of have to like some people's stuff, comment on people's stuff, like actually say hello and start to create those conversations. Because same thing if you were kids in a schoolyard, the only way you're going to become friends is by starting to say, hi, how are you? Do you like Play-Doh? I do too. Let's talk more, <laughs> you know? And people forget that. They just, because I used to do this as well. Like I'd post content. It's amazing content. And then I'm like, why aren't people commenting that much? Why aren't they doing this? Because I haven't developed a connection with them to make them even want to comment. So that's been the biggest, I would say, aha that I've taken outside of having, you know, great content and having a goal. You need to also go out there and outreach because once you're at, you know, 10K, 15K, 30, 100K, whatever followers, maybe then you can be okay with not having to reach out to people. But for right now, allow yourself to see this as a way to find your people like be like I'm so excited to find new people to talk to who are going to become my next clients who are going to pay me so much or hire me for so many things like what happens very often is people will go on Instagram and they don't want to do outreach because it takes time which I totally get Mm -hmm. but if you kind of reframe it and see it's like I'm going to get at least one new follower from saying hello once maybe like or even five followers and that follower will become a raving fan of mine because I'm amazing and my content's amazing and then later on because they know I'm amazing that we created that connection then they're going to want to buy from me Mm. but you really have to reframe that kind of stuff that makes you you know when it comes like tedious work it's really about seeing it as like long form like the commenting and stuff is it's long form like it's, it's creating a connection and community for you that will pay off 10 times longer in, you know, three months, six months, or even like a week from now. You never know with people. Hmm. Question. Cause mm-hmm. I know you've heard this. Um, what is it like the 10, 10 and 10? I just heard uh, of that. Yeah. Like I think a couple yeah, days ago. Like, like 10, comment 10, follow 10. Mm-hmm. What, what are your thoughts on that? You know, I think if people really want to follow a framework, it's not a bad one to go for. But I find that what really matters most for creating new followers, comments and follows. Like you don't have to follow everyone under the sun. I really would only follow people who are your ideal client or maybe like potential colleagues of yours, you know, people you you can network with and stuff. And I just I think liking nowadays, it's good, but when I ever look through like people, when I get notifications on Instagram, mm-hmm. I don't even look at people's likes. Usually like, I don't look at people who like my stuff. I look at the comments they leave me because to me, they're going out of their way. So when people see that from you, wow, Valencia's going out of her way to leave me a comment. That's amazing. I should now check out her profile and see, I wonder if she would be something, one that I could work with or even, you know, do something with later on. So that's why I think comments and followers but especially comments are really important so you can leave a genuine one people that's how I that's literally how I hired my first coach was from an amazing comment she read or she put on my post got on a call with her she was amazing and I said yes and it came from that one amazing genuine comment that she left so don't underestimate the power of commenting Mm. and then I like that you hit on follows as well because I feel guilty like if somebody follow me, I'm like, should I follow them back? And then, you know, I go through this whole thing. Let me look at their profile mm-hmm. to see, you know, see if this some, you know, random spammer or whatever. But um, that's good to know. So I need to see. So if they're not my ideal person or somebody I want to network with, don't worry about following them back. I don't think you need to like some people might say do it for the numbers and like it might give you other followers later on but I'm all about like getting you quality over quantity and especially profit mm-hmm. 
over like followers. So to me, I'd rather you just felt like deal with people who might be your ideal clients, might be audience members and might be potential people to collaborate with. And then anyone underneath that, if they're already following you, cool. And if they later on become someone that you want to work with, then just follow them then. Like it doesn't have to be anything crazy where follow everyone or follow no one. Just you can pick and choose yeah. and see how it goes from there. I love that because I would always feel guilty like, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me, not following people. So through this course and um, just a course of life, and and business and learning all the the changes in in marketing mm -hmm. in in especially online marketing i know you like have to constantly be on it mm -hmm. what what keeps you motivated mm, yeah when ready when you're like oh my god my brain's about to explode i definitely feel that when it comes to like seo because i'm not a huge SEO is great. I'm just not, it's not my genius zone. <laughs> so that's how I felt recently when it comes to that. But what really helps motivate me is knowing that one of these steps or something that I'm learning is going to help my client. It might be what my client needs to hear that one thing that helps them get a sale. Like for me, I remember I was doing live content feedback for a while on my Facebook group where you mm -hmm. post in a piece of your uh, content, like let's say it's a uh, social media post and I'll give you live feedback on that. I gave this girl one tip she got a sale from it the next day because she implemented it. And for me, that's what motivates me more is like being able to see the numbers, being able to see how my friends or clients have changed. Like one of my clients got booked out within three months. Mm -hmm. And for me, that motivates me because I've always been a friend of like seeing people's success, but especially when it comes to knowing that this is sustainable for them, because one of the biggest eye rolls that I have for marketing is people trying to get rich quick or like get it, you know, get 10,000 followers in a week. Like, although it sounds great, it's not mm. sustainable. And like you, your personal brand, you're trying to grow, scale and sustain, not just become like a flash in the pan and somehow become irrelevant in 15 minutes. And that's what happens mm. when people put in strategies or tips that aren't right. And that's why what I teach the most is stuff that will be around for the most part for years, like content, always be there. Ads, depends on where they're at, but they will always be there. Like these things won't change, just the mediums, like the platforms and how they interact will. That this is what I love. Strategies never change, tactics do. Strategy mm -hmm. is gonna be your plan. Tactics are like the tips and tricks. Tips and tricks can always change, but if your strategy is solid, you don't need to feel shaken. You don't have to worry about overthinking because everything is working out the way it's supposed to work out. Mm, I love that. I, you've given so much good, good, good stuff. <laughs> do you focus more, because you do online marketing, mm -hmm. right? What is your zone of genius? Is it Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube? Like if you say, okay, I focus strictly on this platform, or which one is your favorite? Yeah. So recently, I'd say probably the last year or so, I've been loving Instagram. I I've done Instagram like challenges for people. I've helped clients with Instagram story ads and got them getting leads under a dollar. Like it's Instagram, I think it's a super fun place to be at. And again, depends on your audience. Mm. I find that that's been fun for me to talk about. I think Facebook's great. However, Facebook's just become really censored recently. You know, they, they're, trying to, yeah. they're trying to cut out a lot of stuff. And I understand that from a business perspective, but from someone trying to use that platform to like monetize, it's not my favorite place to be all the time. So I would say personally, I've been loving Instagram. I've been teaching about Instagram for a bit. But a lot of what I do, like content wise, when I teach about headlines or when I teach about content, you can use that on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, because content's always going to be, the format's going to be different, but the techniques are always going to be the same. So that's why I love talking about stuff that's going to be, you can use for lifetimes and then mm -hmm. how to use those things into face like into Facebook into Instagram because I just believe if we talk about tips and strategies all, like tips and tactics all day that can work for five minutes and then not right. like what am I, I'm not helping you build an empire I'm helping you build like a McDonald's drive-through mm. class is truly in session mm -hmm. I, I love that and uh hey Vandela she put good information to know I'm glad you guys are enjoying this because it's 2019 y'all have to get your businesses in order and stop with the random posting i'm just saying <laughs> so 
Danielle, what one tip would you like to leave the audience with today? Let's say they didn't hear the last almost 60 minutes, or let's say they did and they're overwhelmed with information. Yeah. What one tip would you like to leave them with today? Yeah, I would say the number one tip is getting really, this is probably more of an action step. I like action. I like giving you guys next steps. Mm -hmm. When it comes to that, it's really going to be getting absolutely clear on your ideal client, where they hang out at, what their problem is, and the result that you can provide them and start speaking about that in your content. Because I can give you a tip or strategy, but if your content or messaging is not right, they're not going to want to stick around and they're not going to want to buy from you. So the next action step is really diving in deeper, starting conversations with people who might be your ideal clients or even past clients and getting more information like, hey, if you're my ideal client, where are you? Like, what's the thing I could help you out with the most? One of the best things you can always ask is, I'm thinking about creating some free content for you. What are you currently struggling with? What do you want me to talk about next? And start to really get that information because after you know that, they're going to be eating out of your hand because you're talking about things they want to talk about problems that they want to have solved and results that you can help them with. Mm. I love that. I will not be asking that question in my private group. So any of y'all that's on here, part of Define You Movement, y'all don't get that option. (laughs) Maybe later, maybe later. Um, It's a different kind of group though. Um, Okay. So the because I see the the link and I definitely want to want to drop that. But what is the content quiz? Ooh, yeah, yeah. So since we've talked about a lot around content in general today, I have this little framework that I call is like there's like three types of posts you should always be doing, um, like filtering through, which is story. It's like stories about yourself, your clients, value about like for trainings or how to tips, so forth, and then engagement, like really to help create that audience and have them start speaking to you. And a lot of the times people are really heavy in one of these or the other. And if you don't have all three in place and not routinely going through them, they're either going to become your best friend, but not your client, or you're going to become a textbook, not a brand. So what this does is this quiz helps you identify what you're lacking right now and tips to help you start to use the type of post that you need start to actually learn what that is. Like I have some tips for that, who does it well, so you can follow them and look at their content. So you can actually start to have an idea of what you need to work for next. This is some actionable stuff you can actually put into your content tomorrow. I love that. And the link for that, guys, and if you're watching us um, on Facebook, you could see it below our beautiful heads. It's bit, is it bit.ly? Yeah, so there's fun okay. things like, yeah, it's bit.ly because you can do bit.ly.com too. Yeah, I, oh, which is okay. either one. Yeah, you can do either. You can do bit.ly or you can do bit.ly.com. They work for either, like any links you have, you can do either one. Because I always do the bit.ly. I didn't know it was that you could use the bit.ly.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can do so both. It'll work it. either way. Yep. Cool. Slash, and y'all see it posted slash DK content quiz y'all definitely check that out so miss danielle it has been very interesting like i have i know you probably can't see it because of the lighting but (laughs) i I fully take notes um i fully take notes that's why i say classes in session and when and people have asked me like why are you always looking down i'm like um because I'm taking notes. The only yeah. difference when you hear just the audio, you don't see me, but I'm constantly taking notes and seeing what the audience has to say and what they're learning as well, which is why it's classes and session. So how can the audience get in touch with you? Yeah. So my, again, my favorite thing right now is Instagram. So you can find me at I am Danielle Clem, or I have a podcast as well called the female entrepreneurs journey podcast on iTunes or Spotify. I have I think over like 60 episodes now of content from me and experts. So if you're wanting to learn more about marketing, that's a really great place to start. Awesome. And they can go to your website and connect. It'll connect them to all things Danielle. Yeah, it'll be DanielleClem.com. So that's, it's just simple. It has all my fun links on there and you guys can get the quiz, get the podcast, all that fun stuff. 
Awesome. I'm definitely going to check um, the podcast out because I know you've given me a lot of goods tonight <laughs> and I hope you guys have enjoyed it. Danielle, thank you so much for taking time this evening to, you know, give us some stuff. You definitely look if you check my Instagram profiles tomorrow, they will be updated like I'm acting on that tonight. I have a lot of my um, Define You members in, you know, in the building, as I say, even though it's not technically in the building and they'll they'll definitely check because I believe in accountability. Yes. But I thank you so much for everything, guys. Make sure y'all connect with Danielle. Take the look at the content quiz. Get you guys' content together and your clients together and your money together in 2019. Thank you so much, Nakuisha, for posting the links for me. Um, with that being said, pens and papers down. Class is officially over. You can connect with Danielle at Danielle Clem, that's two M's dot com. Until next time, remember your past doesn't define you. It gives you definition. And what you do with that is up to you. Y'all have a great night. Thank you for listening. Connect with the show at the Define You Facebook. Until next time, remember your past doesn't define you. It gives you definition. And what you do with that is up to you.